Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force podcast, but you probably knew that, and you clicked on it because you knew this was the U.S. Grace Force podcast. Great to have you with us. I am Professor Dr. Doug Berry, <laughs> and this is my good friend, Father Richard Heilman. <laughs> we got a great guest tonight. A lot of humor tonight, I guarantee. But of course, everything needs to begin with prayer. So, Father, as always, we turn that over sure. to you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you very much, Father. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us on the U.S. Grace First podcast. Again, this is this is just such a great honor to be able to share this with you. It's never enough to be able to talk with you week after week after week and share this with you. This is going to be a good show. We're going to be talking about heresy, and really, it's an important topic because we got to get into what we're dealing with in the world today. But I want to thank everybody out there, as always, for all that you do to help support us, your comments, your prayers, your encouragement. In fact, Father and I both were at two separate events this last weekend, and both of us were hearing great comments from people who come up you know, live and tell us that the U.S. Grace Force podcast has been a part of their lives, and that means a lot to us. It's very humbling, and we're honored to be able to share this with you. We really want to do the best we can, so keep the comments coming, and the encouragement is always helpful. Any, any constructive criticism is good, too, so... Don't hesitate. Also want to thank those who support us financially through the Patreon program. If anybody's interested, click the link in the description below. Pray about it. If you feel called, you can throw a few dollars our way. That helps us continue to get this message out. And it is a critical time, as we're going to talk about tonight, the fact that we have heresies that are still running rampant in the world, and we need to address them by, by preaching the truth and getting that message out. So please consider the Patreon program. That, again, helps us get this message out. So, Father, uh, this has been, uh, I know we're going to springboard off of something that you wrote recently, but I'm going to let you set this up and bring in our, our guest, a return guest. He's back once again. So I'll turn this over to you. Yeah, so Desmond and I, um, we like to talk. We get, to, we get together on the phone or we're texting back and forth. But uh, I think, Desmond, you and I have similar interests and similar concerns about what's going on in the world today. And uh, so we kind of pick each other's brain, but I'm more picking yours than mine because... Uh, Desmond is, um, uh, he's a scholar, uh, but he's just Desmond, <laughs> but he, uh, you're, you've been, uh, I'm the professor, a, a I'm the teacher, doctor tonight. a professor, right? <laughs> but you've been teaching for years and, uh, you, you wrote a book that I, I just, that's how I first discovered you, uh, a try, uh, oh, darn it. It just jumped on my head. Trial and tribulation. What is it, Desmond? Trial, trial. Yeah. Trial, tribulation and triumph. That's it. That's it. Before, during, and after the Antichrist. Yeah, yeah, and it's just—it's amazing. You got to—you got to get this. Uh, it's got a lot of information in there, and uh, so um, please, if you would, uh, get that book. But, um, but Desmond, uh, you and I, especially, have been talking lately, just uh, kind of analyzing. I think diagnosing. Uh, maybe you might want to say uh, w w how, why we're in the in the place we are right now, and and we've been. Uh, theorizing maybe what what the uh, solutions might be, uh, but and and I wrote an article today and I I sent it to you to get your opinion on it, but uh, it actually uh, was based a, a little bit on our our discussions, uh, also the phenomenon of what's going on in the world right now or in our church and that's canceled priests, and what got me going on wanting to build this article was. Uh, I, I actually got the great pleasure Saturday night to be at an award banquet in Chicago where Cardinal Burke was uh, honored uh, for the uh, Fulton Sheen Award. It was given to him. And I actually got to sit at his table for this award night. And um, it, was, it was then, and then listening to his, his talk that he gave that night, and it, it, it's striking because he said something like, uh, marriage is for one man and one woman. And the place just erupted in applause. And, and then at another point, he says, uh, uh, any politician who uh, is promoting abortion should not receive Holy Communion. And the place erupted in applause, you know. And I thought to myself, you know, um, uh, rightfully so, because these are things that you rarely hear nowadays, unfortunately, mm. because people are afraid or they flat out don't believe these things. Uh, 
But I, I said, and this is part of what I wrote in that article, I said, you know, imagine another time you'd, you'd go, well, why is he even bother saying this? You know, because it's, it's an, it's an obvious teaching of the church, but in our times, not so much. And mostly because there's this aggressive um, indoctrination into this new ideology of our culture right now uh, that is betraying what God has taught all along. And at the same time, you're, you're hearing crickets at best from the spiritual leaders of our times that to stand against these kinds of uh, things that are being, you know, thrown in our face during this time. So it's just, it's just really uh, challenging times uh, right now. And so Desmond, um, maybe just first, uh, can you just get a little bit about your background? Uh, you know, you taught in seminaries and, and, and other things. And then can you, can you, um, uh, comment on on what I, what I was saying here, uh, just mainly about the whole idea that that you know why is it that we're living in a time where it's difficult to 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 uh, speak out loud the teachings of the church? Okay, I can answer that with a one liner. All right. The more it changes, the more it stays the same. Hmm. Okay. You and I have been discussing the fact that these people are essentially denying the divinity in many things. goes back to essentially denying the divinity of Jesus Christ. It is. Okay? Mm -hmm. uh, what was the very first ecumenical council of the church in Nicaea, 325 A.D.? Right, right. By, In modern Turkey. Uh, the, uh, an, a, an Alexandrian deacon, he wasn't ordained a priest yet, by the name of Arius, came up with this brilliant one-liner. There was a time when the father was not yet father. He struck a pose, you know, before he said it. <laughs> As all great leaders of men do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at any rate, uh, what was he saying? He was saying that Jesus was a creature created by the father and not, not divine, not, right. not son. Okay. The uh, St. Athanasius and a number of other people in the, in the church of course, realized what he was doing. He did that in, in 319. By 325, uh, it had gotten so bad, this heresy had spread so far and so wide that uh, St. Saint, Saint Gregory the Great made a comment in one of his talks, uh, and he said, he says, you can't go anywhere here and without running into theologians who understand this issue deeply. You go in to buy a, uh, some meat at the, at the butcher shop, and he will tell you about his opinion about whether Jesus is divine or a, or a creature of the Father or whether he's actually God. He's, you go to the guy who makes the, to buy candles, it's the same story. He says, everybody has an opinion and almost nobody has any knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> it's, come, it's come full circle, guys. We're right, back right. there again. The, we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's what the title of my uh, article was um, – uh, holy minute, give me get back up again. Uh, boiling it all down, and then I put colon. We're battling stealth Arianism. Yeah, that's what. That's just the title I gave it. It's the way I understand it. Is back then they flat out denied openly the the divinity of Christ, mm -hmm. right? But yes. nowadays, you you're not going to find anybody who says, "Oh, Jesus is, is not divine." You won't hear anybody say that. No, but not by often. their actions and their teachings and what they do. <coughs> It, defy, it, it defies the, their, their profession that Jesus is divine. Now, and I went into stuff like, you know, how sorry. about things like stripping out the sacred uh, everywhere? Architecture, art, music, um, the, the way we offer the mass, uh, you know, just uh, stripping that out. Why? And a lot of people call that modernism. Sure. Okay. The, the, there's almost like a re repulsion for anything prior to our time. Okay. Uh, and so they call it modernism because they want to be updated. Well, what are they updating though? They're, they're, they're taking away any sense of the supernatural, any sense of the divine. And they're putting us in these all purpose rooms, these conference rooms and call them churches. Yep. And yeah. And it, to me, it just says they've lost their, their supernatural faith or it, it, they don't truly believe. And maybe they don't even know it. I mean, at a conscious level, but they don't truly believe in the divinity of Christ. And that is why they don't believe in the real presence. Right. Right. It's that simple. Right. Once you're, once you're not certain, 
Now, there are people who don't believe in the real presence who do believe Jesus Christ is divine, okay? They, but they're the ones who have been brainwashed into it by, by Father Newsom. Uh, and I'm not referring to any relative of the, of the, of the gruesome governor of California. I'm, I'm just saying it's some poor fellow who went through a seminary that didn't teach anything right. Uh, he came out with indoctrination rather than theology and philosophy and church history, etc. Uh, and they just peddled what they were taught. Right. Uh, now, there's, if you were going to talk about the persecution, the unwillingness to hear the truth, let's go back to Arius. At 325, they thought they had it solved. In June of 325, they called the, they called the Council of Nicaea. And there they wrote the original Nicene Creed, in which they said that the, uh, Jesus Christ was homoousios to patri, uh, consubstantial with the Father, okay? Mm -hmm. That's the English for it. Right. Uh, which comes from the Latin. But at any rate, uh, and yet just a few years later in, uh, in uh, 357, as St. Jerome would comment, he said, one morning, he said, the world in 357, the world woke up and finding itself Arian groaned. Mm. At, a council, at a rump council, it was not a council of the church that was called of all the bishops in the world uh, that, that, that could get there, uh, they threw out the Nicene Creed and put in one that had waffled on Jesus' divinity. And it's interesting what, they, what else they did. They put 104-year-old Bishop Osius, who had been the, the, the catechist who taught Constantine the faith, although Constantine never got baptized till two weeks before he died, and that by an, by, by an Arian heretic. Um, he said they put him on the rack. Do you know what the you guys know? Does this generation know what the rack is? They they tied their they tied yeah. their hands to 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 one end of a bench and their their feet to the other, and they cranked on a wheel that stretched yeah. them apart. He was a hundred and four years old because wow. he because he would not uh, betray the the uh, consecration of Jesus the, the uh, divinity of Jesus Christ. So they they took they controlled his hand and faked his signature on the document. That is, we are facing, if you don't believe we're facing the same type of evil today, yes. you don't understand what's going on. Right. I don't care, I don't care for them being, if, who, how many people see this? How many of the politicians in D.C. who want the federal government to fund all abortions and want us to be allowed to kill kids up to six weeks after they're, after they're born, if we don't like the, you know, the series that might not be perfect, would they hesitate to put Osius on the rack? Right. Would they hesitate to put Pope Benedict at 90, what is it, he turned today, uh, on the rack? No, they wouldn't. At least I don't believe they would. There's no sign they wouldn't do it. We have come full circle from the very first worldwide heresy in the church, the Arian heresy, which said, there was a time the father was not yet father. He hadn't created the son yet. No, he didn't create the son. The son emanated from the father. Okay, uh, he's one of the he's one of the two people of the blessed sacrament. And that went on and on and on at the count at the Council of Ephesus when they tried to when the Archbishop Nestorius. Not all bishops get it right either. Okay, Archbishop Nestorius of Constantinople uh, on New Year's Eve in, in four twenty eight. Dinah said, you can, call, you can call Mary Christokos, in other words, the, the son of, of the man, Jesus Christ, but you can't call her Theotokos, the bearer of God. Oh, really? Where did he get that? The, uh, the, citizen, <laughs> the citizens in, uh, in Constantinople demonstrated against his, his heresy all night long and through the next two days. They had to call out the troops. To, to, to try and force these people off the streets and back into their homes. There's nothing new under the sun. This man, I mentioned this to him to you earlier, Father. Father William Jurgens. If you don't have this book, get it. Oh, I just got it. it. The Faith yeah. of the Early Fathers. It doesn't say by Father, but it's Father William Jurgens. Three volume set. At one point, he says in volume one, right at the beginning, he says, I'm utterly convinced with my knowledge of church history. What this book is, it's the most quotable quotes of all the great fathers and doctors of the church, okay? This guy was a scholar when they still had scholars. 
uh, not that there aren't any today, but there were a lot more then. And he said, I'm convinced that there are no new heresies under the sun. It's just every few years, some bright young man or woman comes along and dresses up one of the old ones in new clothing, new language, and springs it out and says it's new. He said, yep. they're all old heresies one way or another. There's mm -hmm. nothing new under the sun in the world of heresy. Right. Desmond, let me, I want to jump in if you don't mind. I'm, you know, in the 32 years that I've traveled around the country speaking on really the basics of the faith, the ministry that I started was, it was titled Radix. That still technically exists. Um, I know you. <laughs> I saw you years ago. Were you here in Denver one year after World Youth Day? Yes, I was. Yeah. I was there. I was the organizer for that thing. Are you really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> now I know where I know you from. The small world. Okay. Well, let me Is ask that's you. That's a 93 youth rally? Was no, 94. It was no, it was the next year we had a national youth day. The yeah, they did a national youth world rally after World Youth Day. Yeah, because yeah. I remember the 93, that's when Mother Angelica had her famous rant right. after that right. one. It was the following year, then they did a follow-up to it. Yeah. 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 Justified, a very justified rant, I might add. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was huge. <laughs> yeah, and then she donned the new habit. It was yep. an AWTN change. Yeah. I actually think that was a tipping point in the church. Well, you know, on that point, they told me when I when I would go down to EWTN, I, I, I still do a show for them, Battle Ready, TV show on EWTN, Monday nights, I think. But uh, when you I would think? go down there and do the show Life on the Rock, um, they would tell me regularly that whenever new postulants or, you know, new, new, um, new candidates for possibly joining the religious or the priesthood, uh, came down there, that was, that was the video that they showed them every single time. They wanted them to know the foundress's, uh, reaction to what happened when in world youth day, for those who don't know, they had a reenactment of the stations of the cross in, um, Denver Bronco football stadium. And they had a woman as the one to portray Christ. And when mother got a hold of that, she saw that she went off her, off well, the, it was the last straw. Cause oh, she came it out. It was the last straw. She let him have it. She did it. The look on her face, she's looking in that camera. It was as serious as a heart attack. It was great. There was a companion yeah. piece that she did a few years later. And that remember when the document, all our, all our children came out by the yeah. Cardinal Archbishop of Los Angeles. Mm. Trying to trying to uh, spread uh, the the idea that there was nothing wrong with homosexuality, mm. and Mother Mother Angelica went on TV and said, "This is evil, pure evil personified." And he comes up to EW10 unannounced with his flowing scarlet robe and his cut on the back of his head. <laughs> Throw, remember that, that dramatic posture I told you about? Yeah. Dramatic striking posture. a pose. Yes, yeah, striking yeah. a pose, and he goes into her office. She didn't even stand up, thank God. <laughs> and he, <laughs> was this Mahoney? Yeah. Was this Cardinal Mahoney? Yes, yes. Yeah, because she publicly yeah. spoke out against him, and the Vatican told her she had to recant. She had to, she had to apologize, I think. Well, she, pub she publicly said something about him. That that was if that was an apology, then I'm a blueberry muffin. <laughs> she <did. laughs> oh, no, yeah, she, she changed up the words a little bit. I think these are the same guys. She, she said, enough I'll to blow check. the thing up before you get your hands on it." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. At yeah. any rate, she, yeah, she, yeah, he said, that's he true. Said, she did say that. Yeah, that you have got to repudiate those statements about, and nobody knows exactly what words she said, but he came out of there in less than two minutes with his tail tucked between his head, with his, <laughs> between his, his legs, with his head down. I. Uh. I'm sure the El Cardinale found out that not everybody is really impressed with scarlet robes. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's what's inside the scarlet robes that counts. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, I'm sorry, I got off track. Back to my question, though, was, um, you know, I started Radix, you know, 32 years ago. The idea was Radix being a Latin word that means root, where you get the word radical, go to the root or the heart of something. One of the key things I wanted to get at with people was talk about the very basics of the faith. And one of the key things, of that was the commandments. And so I would travel all over the country and I would ask questions about the commandments. And I got to the point where I would do this kind of impromptu challenge, and especially at youth events, I'd put 20 bucks on the table and I would say, anybody who can stand up and recite the 10 commandments backwards from 10 to one, first the even number and then the odd and do it in 30 seconds or less gets the $20. But if you miss it, you give me $20. And we would get less than 1% who knew it. And I would always then use that as an opportunity to talk about the importance of knowing the basics of the faith and the history of the faith. So on that point, Desmond, 
Why is it so important for Catholics today to know about Arian heresy, about these these uh, these councils? You know, Nicaea 325, uh, Hippo, you know, 393, uh, the other um, uh, Nicaea that took place later. I mean, we've had several councils that address the divinity of Christ. But why is it important just simply to the average Catholic, you should know some of this to have an idea and, and help understand what's going on today? Because every ecumenical council, with only two exceptions, in the history of the church has been formed around benchmark, basic, theological, uh, uh, doctrinal questions about the faith. Mm -hmm. The first three were about, were about Jesus Christ. The first one was saying, no, 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 no. He's of the same substance as the Father. He is divine, okay? In, uh, in 428, uh, uh, Archbishop uh, Nestorius tried to claim, oh, there were two, there were two persons in Jesus' sight. No, there was only one divine person. There were two natures in Christ, but not two persons, just one divine person, okay? That's another basic thing we have to know that by, by the third grade in the Baltimore Catechism, we had that memorized, okay? Right. Uh, and th then at the, at the uh, Council of Ephesus, they had to, answer, uh, they had to deal with, with the question about, well, what is, what is, then what is Jesus Christ? At that point, Pope Leo the Great did us a great favor. He reinvented or reformed the word persona. In Latin and Greek, persona had been the mass. We've all seen him hanging the mass of, of sorrow, drama, comedy, you know, in the Greek masks, right? Hanging on walls. Right. Okay. He said, persona. He says, in, inside every person, he says, there is a reality of a real, real person. The persona. Is the, is the individual reality of each soul created by God. To this day, our word person, personality, personhood, all that, we owe that to Leo, Leo, Pope Leo the Great in 451. Where did that come from? The denial that, that Jesus was just one person and the understanding of it. He wrote a document that he sent to that council uh, in, in <coughs> excuse me, say, which is called Leo's Tome. You want to read a brilliant document it'll take you a while because it's 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 pretty it's pretty serious theology but it's worth reading uh the the uh, tome of leo uh, explaining no there's only one person there's two natures both true god and true man the high he's defining what's called the hypostatic union in theology father learned about that in seminary yep. okay and uh he, he said there's two natures in what in this one god man jesus christ okay he, he's perfect man and perfect God, okay? The entire assembly of the bishops leapt to their feet saying, Peter speaks through Leo. Peter speaks through Leo. This went on for evidently 15, 20 minutes. Wow. They knew that they knew the truth when it hit him right between the eyes. Now, hold on, Desmond. Where, where can we find the video of that? I want to see that. The, 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 is there, is there I, a can, I can do a pause and reenact. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's just, it's never enough to just hear you say it like that. I want to see video that proves that it happened. Oh, uh, well, yeah, well, nobody pulled their cell phone out. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. But there were the letter exists in library after library throughout the church. Uh, and the, the uh, personal, memoirs of so many bishops who were there who realized they were in the presence of greatness when leo was up there i mean he wasn't called leo the great for nothing yeah. <laughs> still is uh at any rate that 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 was that was another one uh the uh the there was another one where they what they another council where they had to defend the reality of the holy spirit no it wasn't just jesus soul or some flimsy thing emanating out of jesus he was the third person of the blessed trinity those councils develop and defend and form and lay out the definition of all the great basic fundamentals of the church. That's why they've got to know them. And there aren't that many of them. They're just right, yeah. hey, Any Go adult ahead. should know them cold. Mm. And you want to have fun? Find out, find, get even less answers than asking about the Ten Commandments? Right. <laughs> yeah. Ask any of them out there to name five ecumenical councils. Another <laughs> Right, right. The Council of Trent, I know the Council of Trent was so massive and so powerful. It lasted, it was opened and closed, I think, by three different popes. 
because yep. of, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, they had natural disasters and wars that made yep. it hard for them to complete the council. But yep. we didn't have another council until Vatican I, like 300 and some, roughly 300 years later, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Is, that, is that right? Approximately. Uh, no, no. A uh, little bit over two centuries. Oh, okay. Okay. Council of Trent was held in, in the late 1500s, okay, right. the second half of the 1500s. And the first, the first uh, uh, Vatican Council was held in the. It was, it was 1960. In, in, in the in the 18th, yes, three centuries. You were right. I, I was okay. I just proved I can't add. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, you, remember, you're just Desmond. I'm Professor Doug tonight. So <laughs> my my students used to say, beginning very class, I'd just say, "Hi, I'm Desmond," and they'd say, "Well, should we call you Doctor Professor? What do we call you?" Is it just Desmond? Why is that? All the other guys say doctor or something. And I said, yes. And that stands for PhD. And you know what that stands for? Piled higher and deeper. Oh! <laughs> and, they'd, and they'd all look at each other. <laughs> I'd have them right there. Right there. They'd say, this is our tiny guy. <laughs> I was saying the things they've been thinking for a long time. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so Desmond, you know, I think of... of, of um, these movements or heresies that go on in different times and what we're suffering through right now, which, you know, I, I'm trying to frame it to help us all understand it with, I call it stealth Arianism, meaning... It's you know, a great it's, title. It's a great title. Thank you. But it, but that's what it is to me because, you know, again, nobody's going to sit there and go, oh, I deny the divinity of Christ, you know, but, but yet everything they're doing says that, you know. Uh, it, why is it, Desmond, you know, here's what I think, and I want to get your take on it. But, you know, the big term nowadays is woke. Everybody's woke, you know, woke, woke, woke. Um, and, uh, but what is going on when they say they're woke? And here's, here's my view of it, is that there's kind of this, um, this arrogant, this, this icky, you know, elitism that, that we know better than you. We've got this new knowledge. It's like a Gnosticism, right? We've got this new knowledge that you riffraff, okay, you fly over states or whatever, you, you, you know, you, you riffraff don't understand like we do. And, uh, and I look at what's going on in the culture today, and they're trying to, you know, just jam all this down our throat. There's this, this secular ideology, radical secular ideology, and just everything that just betrays God. Um, and, 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 you know, they're doing that nowadays. But, you know, I lived through the post-Vatican II era too, and it's it just smells the same. It, that that there were there rose up a more aggressive uh, a group of primarily bishops, uh, but other, but scholars who basically said, "Sit down, okay, and we're going to tell you the new way." Okay, modernism is uh, is what they typically call it. But, but uh, this desire, you know, you will become gods and you will have the knowledge of good and evil, right? Uh, that's Satan, the snake hanging from the tree in the garden. But uh, it, it's, it, it's this desire, isn't it, to have uh, the upper hand, uh, to have this, this, this knowledge that no one else has. I don't know, is, 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 am I seeing it right? I, I bet you it's incomplete, but it, what, do you what do you think when I say that? Okay, has anybody got a pen or pencil in front of them that can write two things down to remind me? Because I got to start one of them first, and I'm 81, so I may, I may forget the second one before I'm halfway through the first. Okay. I got a pen, but no paper. Oh, okay. Well, then, then, then you, you young fellows, remember this for me. Right. One is one is the name Constantine. Okay. Okay. And and the uh, the other one is the name Paul VI and tradition. Okay. Okay. So we're going to start with Constantine. Constantine. Is 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 uh, going after going to Rome because the the, the, the republic is, has has collapsed. You know, Julius Caesar uh, was introduced uh, to how knives work, and <laughs> by, by Brutus, and uh, you know it was it was chaos, sort of like the United States in two thousand twenty-two. Yes, uh, and we're not to that point yet. But if we don't, if something doesn't happen we were going to get to that same point very shortly. And you can take it to the bank. You heard it here first if you don't already know it, and you probably most of you do. At any rate, the Emperor Constantine is going to Rome, and he's going to seize the power in Rome, 
and he knows what he's going to do. He's going to declare himself to be emperor. This representative government of the Roman Republic, that was, that was a dumb idea. And Julius Caesar was really an idiot, but I'm smart, so I can succeed where Julius failed as yeah. emperor. Okay, So he gets something called the Milvian Bridge, a bridge across the Tiber into Rome, or just north of Rome. And it, it's a long story of how he got across that bridge, but he said that, 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 that day, the day before he used to cross the bridge or try to, he sees this sign in the sky and it says, in oxenio vinces, in the Latin, in this sign you shall conquer. And it was a cross underneath it. Mm. He knew that was the sign of the Christians. He goes, whoa, okay. So that night he has all of his brass shields for his, for his soldiers. He has them all inscribed on the front of their shields, crosses, right? Of course, they mow everybody down the next day because, <laughs> first of all, he had them convinced they were invincible. That's always a good, good, good move for a general to have his troops believing they're invincible. And they practiced for all they were. Jesus promised, in this sign you shall conquer. So they carve it on their, on their shields, on, scrape it with rocks on their shield. And that, that's what, okay. Yes, he gave he gave uh, he gave basilicas in Rome to the church to use, and he built a separate one clear over in the Middle East, and but he never ever got baptized a Christian until two weeks before he was dead. Later in 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 three twenty five he shows up in his flowing robes, sort of like Cardinal Archbishop of. Of Los Angeles did to Mother Angelica. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he shows up at the at the uh, at the Council of Nicaea and has a big chair brought in on a dais where he's up above everybody, looking down on on his peasant people. Yeah. And did he, he strike? Did he strike a pose at that point? Did he? <laughs> <laughs> With the flowing robe, yes. Right. And uh, so anyway. <clears throat> He's going, he listened to all this debate on the divinity of Christ, etc., etc. And finally, he turned, he goes to St. Athanasius, where Athanasius recorded this. No, he didn't. He went to Bishop Osius, who was his catechist, and said, Oh, oh Bishop, he said, Where did you people come up with this doctrine? How, 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 did, how did he write? He says, Oh, Emperor, he says, we didn't come here to find out what we believed. We received that from the apostles. Mm. We just came here to find out whether Arius rejects it. If he did, they excommunicate him. He's which we just did. Okay, within uh, two years, Constantine sends Athanasius into exile because he will not abandon the Athanasian creed. Saint mm. Athanasius. One of the creeds, what great creeds you have, the Athanasian Creed comes right from him. He was really the theologian, lead theologian at, at, at the Council of Nicaea, even though that's not recorded as such. I've studied it for, for over half a century. All the documents I could find, I'm convinced he was the theological genius behind Nicaea. And, uh, oh, an interesting point. The enemies of uh, the Nicene Creed said, you can't use the word homoousios, means, which means consubstantial of the same substance. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's not in scripture. Luther wasn't the first one to say that. <laughs> That's right. The arch heretic Arius was. <laughs> at, at any rate, uh, excuse me, I'm going to take a shot of water here. All right. <laughs> the old voice is getting froggy there. Um, at any rate, uh, he, poor Athanasius went into exile five times. Two of those times, Athanasius personally had him sent into exile for defending the divinity of Jesus Christ. The other three times, Athanasius just voluntarily booked, booked, you know, picked feet out of out of town and 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 uh, stayed away until the Fuhrer died down. Then he'd go back to Alexandria again. Um, and Nestorius went to the lead Episcopal denier of Christ at the Council of Nicaea. Isibius of Nicomedia. He had to travel for two weeks to get to Nicomedia to get an Arian heretic to baptize him. Now, if you've ever seen the Broadway play or the movie Guys and Dolls, and the, the, the leader of the show says when somebody tries to sucker him about a 
how many pieces of cheesecake were sold to a little delicatessen called Mindy's? And he turns to me and says, I ain't claiming that you've been clocking cheesecake at Mindy's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, at any rate, I'm not telling you that I know exactly what went down and all this stuff, but I know what, is, what, it, what shows up as absolute reasonable conclusions to do the historical documents, which I've studied now for not just 50, 60 years. Uh, at any rate, the next one, we had Constantine, then, ah, Paul VI and tradition. There we go. Right. You hear all these terrible stories about Paul VI. People who, they don't know any more about Paul VI than Constantine about, did about Christianity. <laughs> There's. So for the, for the audience's sake, Desmond, what is it that, that Paul VI gets really the bad rap for? Because you're right. There's a lot that I hear. From people but it's maybe one or two or three key things they don't they don't study enough to know i mean and i'm not going to say that i have my um my my doctorate my doctor you know title and professor title is in a completely different subject um <laughs> it's got to do with ice cream but aside from that uh <laughs> it's dr ben's and ben and jerry's yes i get it yeah okay <laughs> actually i'm a little more briars Dr. <laughs> I, of briars, by the way I you I, I self-identify as a doctor that, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but what I is said, it about Paul VI said, really that, that people complain about? Uh, the, the, you, you talk to a hundred different people, complain about it, you'll find a hundred different answers to that mm. question. And I'm not exaggerating. Right. They, they're people who don't know the history of what went on during the council, what went on afterwards. Paul VI was, he, you know, everything had been sort of hunky-dory. On, on, through the death of Pius XII in 1958, okay? And then John XXIII comes in, and he was, they elected him as an old man of 77, because they, here I am 81. There's a, by the way, you're probably going to get some more calls and complaints about me cracking wise. <laughs> and you want to know something? I recommend you to a book I've, I was handed by a nun many, many years ago. It says, there are no sad saints. Almost all the great saints, saints had fantastic sense of humor. So to anybody who wants to have a bad time about telling jokes, it's the way you keep your sanity in tough exactly. times. Exactly, yes. But no sober sides will never admit that. No, bah, humbug, you know. Yeah, right. But I prefer to keep my sanity and, and be in the companionship of all the great saints who had great senses of humor. Mm -hmm. uh, at any rate, he, uh, John the 23rd was sitting there wondering what in the world was going on. The council, what he called for at Vatican II was not what came out of it. There's a book called, and I can recommend this with some reservations called The Rhine Flows Into the Tiber. That was I written know that about, book. Yeah, it was about the German bishops that hit Rome and the Vatican Council. And they were, well, they, <laughs> We know where the German church is right now, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Consider oh, yeah. that com, com, consider that their 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 grandson, the grandfather predecessors. Okay, oh, they weren't that bad, but at any rate, their biggest target, and everybody knew this, at Vatican II was they knew there was going to be a document on divine revelation, and their object was to get a document through that essentially denied openly or left out the role of tradition in revel in divine revelation. Okay, if you read Dave Verbum, the document of divine revelation from Vatican Council II, it's the strongest statement in the entire history of the church on the role of tradition in revelation. It says that scripture, tradition, and the magisterium of the church are a three legged stool, and you can't have the Catholic Church or truth if any one of them falters and fails and goes away. It right. takes all three for the balance. Um, they they left they deliberately left the question open as to whether there were any things that came from tradition that were uh, not also found in scripture or based in scripture. And I, I will tell you which side that I am on that argument. Uh, I say no. There are things that definitely came out of the great what John Paul II called the great apostolic tradition, which are not found in scripture. But that maybe we can do another show some other time about that because mm -hmm. that. Maybe four shows. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very complex and long subject, but in my mind, definitive. At any rate, 
when the when the first document for uh, Dave Urban came through, uh, they said they sent it to to uh, Paul VI for his signature. He didn't know there's a number of issues here that are a little fuzzy. <laughs> they mm -hmm. Identified what those were, and he sent it back to them to go back to work, boys. And so they went back to work, and they came to him a second time, and this this time it was virtually a complete hold your nose about tradition. I cannot prove what I'm about to say, but I talked to men who were there and they told me he sent what they were going to write. <laughs> <laughs> he gave them the final document and said, this is what you will, and I will sign it. Oh, Why? Wow. Because I've authored it. <laughs> <laughs> right. and it. He stood like a rock. Okay. They, they, they give him no credit for Humana Vitae. He you know, he was getting heat from all over the right. nuns and the priests in the New York Times. He took out that that pay, that ad with over a thousand signatures, uh, discoriating him for the for the for the doc, for the document. They heard he was going to print because a copy of it had been leaked out, uh, and he he stood like a rock. I knew the man, one of the two men personally, who got him to, who got him to do it. He said to two men. Carol, Cardinal Carol Waitiwa, well then, then, then Bishop Carol Waitiwa, I believe. I don't think he was Cardinal yet. And to Father John Harden, he said, who, who was, not many people know this, Harden was one of his key theological advisors to Paul VI. Wow. He respected Harden hmm. greatly. Wow. I do too. And yeah. I, and I have absolutely perfect, perfect knowledge of that. I can tell you that without a, a shred of hyperbole. Can you, can you give just, just a moment, at least on Father John Harden, so the audience who might not know of his, his credentials and his background? Okay, give me a second. <laughs> just to let people know that we're doing right now, I'm going to do a little uh, message here, but we're in the midst of this uh, 90 Days to Peace, and I put together this beautiful journal just because I wanted to make it very, very... Um, well, I, wanted to, I wanted to send the message that this is really important what we're doing. We're getting as close as we can to God by getting strong in our, our disciplines of our Catholic faith. And also uh, the big thing that we're really helping people to discover is what's called mental prayer. So um, just to, to understand that a lot of people just aren't taking the time just to stop and just be silent with, with our Lord and say what you want and, and hear what you, you might from, from that special time of, of just getting more intimate with the Lord. Now, the reason I said that right now is because it, it, uh, I just remembered it because of Father John Harden, because the reflections in this, the daily reflections in this uh, that, that, uh, that people receive uh, are, quote, are quoted, many of them are quotes of Father John Harden. So, um, so that's what we're doing with this. So, uh, and, oh, and the other thing I want to say is that we blew through my sister's company, blew through thousands of these things, uh, like, and so they ran out. And because of all the shipping and supply stuff, it took a few weeks to get more back. Well, they're back in stock now. So everybody nice. go to romancatholicgear.com and, and get this. And the the our 90 days runs out May 31st. So you might want to get another one for your next 90 days. So there you go. So sorry. Go ahead, Desmond. That's perfect. That's okay. That just triggered my memory. Good stuff. Yeah. This was the modern English language catechism. I have that. I do too. That, that, that I used for and years. That's what I quote from, That what I just said, that from right. that. Okay. Uh, uh, that that uh, up until the, the Catechism of the Catholic Church came out, not, not every Catholic knew about this. It never got the press that the CCC got. But uh, most of the Catholic scholars, all the, all the traditional ones, they had a copy of this. Um, uh, Father... Father John was personally asked by Rome to write this, I might add. It's and amazing, everyone. The way it's worded, the way things are worded are just mm -hmm. so yeah, inspiring. It's a great book. Oh, it's we've amazing. Got, then we got this one. The Modern Catholic Dictionary, which is always within arm's reach of me when I'm doing my writing. Okay? All right. Nice. Even if even I think, I think I've got a definition memorized, I go back to Harden. Anyway, yep. long and short of it was uh, Hardin told Paul VI and John Paul II told, told Paul VI independently of each other, okay? When, when Paul would ask them, nobody's going to accept it. 
most of the laymen aren't going to accept it. Should I, should I print it? They both told him, you have to do it for the faithful Catholics, Catholic mm -hmm. couples who are not contracepting. Mm -hmm. I can tell you from personal what it did for me and Jean. Jean, when she would be in the, in the grocery stores before this came out, okay, uh, or, shortly or shortly afterwards, uh, uh, they, would, they, they would sneer if, if somebody had a, a, more than two kids. I mean, sneer at him. Years later, even Jean had nuns give her the give her the the the, the stink eye or the fish eye. If because by that time we had four or five of our six that we got to keep. We, we lost six, but they're with God. They're baptized anyway. Um, anyway, Harden pushed through the, that definition at uh, and and. I'll tell you how bad it was. You ever heard the name Father Carl Runner? Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was heralded when we were in seminary in the That's 80s. Sure, sure. sure yeah. He <laughs> sure he was. Someday I'll tell you the story. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I have. Let's listen to the story. We for, have, the, for, the for the audience's sake, who tell us, just give us a little, uh, a brief synopsis of this, this priest. He was a Jesuit. That's your first clue. <laughs> <laughs> done you don't have to say anything else <laughs> and for the for the part of the audience who doesn't know what that means um it, well that's not a, that's not a tough one these days to figure out what that means theological it means questionable formation and and training yeah. yes. right okay but but men survived it the priest of mary jean and i father robert bradley it's the woke version of uh catholicism mm. yeah at that, any rate. that's good that's a good way of putting it yeah okay father <clears throat> Father Harden <clears throat> went way back to the German rationalist school in uh, Germany. He was the mentor, teacher, primary advisor of, as Father Bradley was for me in my, my undergraduate years, a man named Joseph Ratzinger. Mm. And Joseph Ratzinger had a lot of stuff to overcome to get to the point of orthodoxy where he got. He was... He was wakened up in the in '68 and '69 by the student riots. People unless you're fairly, fairly of some age, you won't remember those. But the student riots in '67, '68, all over Europe, etc. He couldn't figure out what was the common hinge to all of these things, and he came to the conclusion: it's the bad philosophy that's being taught in our universities, particularly in the Catholic universities. Now, guess what all those Catholic universities had in common They was talk that, they, that they were talking about? They were funded by state governments, in Germany by the German government, in France by the French government, all anti-Catholic, okay? They depended for their money. That's why I'm totally against any school, Catholic school, taking money from the federal government or from state governments, because once you start taking money from them, they, sooner or later, they own you. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, Father did a complete turnaround. It didn't happen overnight. It took him a while to realize it would anybody to realize the great damage until many years later, he was asked, <laughs> not that many years ago, what do you think about the theology of your mentor, Carl Ronard? He says, Carl's from another planet. <laughs> that, is a, that is the kindest, slickest way of telling somebody that, that everybody that somebody's off the rails theologically as I've yeah. ever come across, but it wasn't it. It wasn't harsh. It wasn't judgmental. It was, and then and he's. I'm told he said it with a sardonic smile. Yeah, but uh, he knows. He knows. Yeah, and uh, yeah. a lot of a lot of people say, "Well, he did this and did yeah in his early years," and I like to see you if he had been your taskmaster for eight years, mm -hmm. you wouldn't. My guess. I've said this to guys too. And even at my age, I'm 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 half Irish, so I, I could still defend myself if they got ugly. I mean, not last long. I'd have to finish them in thirty seconds, or I'd run out of gas. But there's <laughs> little things you learn as you get older. Uh, I boxed in college and stuff like that, and those days are gone. Mm. At, at any rate, the uh, the uh, I've told these some of these guys. I've seen the cut of your jib. I know the way you operate. If you'd been formed and as everything as Carl Runner was, you'd have never turned around. Ooh, you want to see guys get lit up. 
<laughs> you think anything butter than a, a, a Benedict than me? Often, I'm more than once said, damn straight. Desmond, I, I mean, I'm, let me jump in real quick. I'm sorry, Father. Is okay. We're we're getting close here. We got about ten, almost ten minutes left here of the show. Um, ancient heresy alive and active today. Yes. You you go back into what we've seen. Father's article on Arianism. We'll have a link in the description below. Please, everybody, check that out. Great. I haven't article. even read it yet, but we we discussed it before. <laughs> <laughs> we've discussed it a lot. It's based on our discussions. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do we, how do we, how does the average Catholic, not the average, the faithful Catholics today that are really striving for holiness, they're striving to be faithful. These heresies are, 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 are just crushing people. Um, you know, the, the modernism, the moral relativism, all this sort of stuff is, uh, is really weighing heavy on, I mean, to the point where, you know, transgenderism, you know, you can, you can self-identify as whatever you want and you can change it from day to day. Therefore you can self-identify, no, I'm sorry. Therefore you can, you can, you can decide whether or not, you know, anything the church says can be changed. I mean, it's, we're just all over the board. In your opinion, what do we need to do? It's odd you should ask that because my last post on Facebook addressed that very question, the one from two days ago. So for those of you who are on Facebook, go to Desmond Birch on Facebook and read my last article. Okay. Uh, basically, I, what I missed it. I can't wait to go, go look at it. Yeah, we'll check it out nice. later. Yeah. Basically, what it comes down to is this. Uh, we're in the trenches, okay? Everybody's going to be in this fight. Right now, massive numbers of people are going left. They're going bad. The best kept secret is, because the media isn't about to tell anybody, is the vast, uh, an, an equal number are choosing the right, okay? I'm in a position because the way I travel and the number of people I run into from all over on the internet, and courses I teach on the internet, that this is happening. What is going on right now is that the evil is so bad that people are being forced to change sides. They can no longer sit on the fence. Right. Yeah. So don't be shocked by the ones that go bad. You're going to hear about those. The other side who controls the media is going to tell you all about them. They're not going to tell you about the army that's building on Jesus' side. Okay? You know what? Uh, Going, you, you know what I'm thinking about when you say that, Desmond, I'm just jumping real quick. You can keep going, but uh, Revelations 12, uh, oh, how I wish you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, you're sitting on the fence. Right. I vomit you out of my mouth, and I agree with you that that's been the problem. Yes. It's the fence sinners, because we need to get in the fight, but they're, they, like, they, they like the comfortable, safe space of the fence, the lukewarm right. place. It's not, there's not, the other side isn't giving them any choice either. Right. You're either woke or you're broke. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. The other side is making so many mistakes. I know. <laughs> I'm so happy. In their arrogance, I always say. In, In their, their arrogance, arrogance. And their stupidity. Yep. A hundred years ago, there were a lot of really, really bright people at the top of what I call, you know, the, the, you could call it the conspiracy, the plan, <laughs> the group, whatever you want uh -huh. to call it. We are three, four generations later, and they have catered, they have put people into positions of power for so long who would do exactly what they were told. Right. Okay. So what, what has happened? We've built up a cadre of people who will do what they're told, but they don't know what to do right, unless right. they're told. Can right. you listen to Kamala Harris with, the, with her finger over the red button for yeah. NORAD? And, and again, and, and, it's this 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 snobby, yeah. arrogant elitism. Okay, here uh, is the solution yeah. for us. The other side, the others, and I, I, I wish I had the article in front of me, but you, you can read it. Basically, what it comes down to is this: St. Louis Green in De Montfort told told people, "If you will say the daily rosary, if you will immerse yourself in the teachings of the Church mm -hmm. and Jesus and and Mary." He said, when these times, and he predicted these times in generic terms, okay? He said, you will be calm and love. You'll be able to be calm and loving. You'll be able to be stay calm in most cases when everybody around you is losing their head. Yep. People mm -hmm. are going to be drawn. If you're calm and kind and loving, even with your enemies. Can, can I just uh, jump on the bandwagon about... You're saying that the ro what uh, Louis de Montfort said, of course, the ahead, rosary, stay in close to the teaching of the church, 
be solid in your Catholic faith mm-hmm. and you'll, you'll find, I can't remember the word, but I just like to, uh, you'll find peace. And that's, again, that's what Father Ripperger and his Libra Cristo team have found as well, that when you feel like you're being oppressed by the devil um, and you just see Martha, Martha, you're anxious and upset about many things. Well, that's because you're over there in the kitchen, you know, get over here at my feet and let's get connected here. And that's what, that's what we're doing with these, with this uh, tool that we're using, this journal, Peace Through Strength. Um, and then the 90 days to peace is the first 90 days, but you can keep going for the rest of your life if you right. want. But the yeah. idea is, again, what you just said, and, and by quoting uh, Louis de Montfort, is we're facing these times. We got to get close. We got to get very well connected to Our Lady through the yes. rosary. I call the rosary the umbilical cord because it gets you that close. You're, you're like daily rosary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at least one a day. And the teachings of the church, sacred scripture. Yep. So, okay. Yeah. I, one I think, thing I'd like to add. Yeah. There's, it's clear in the, in so many pro, in prophecies, still find out in TTT, dozens of, can, of saints that at the end, and Mary said clearly at Fatima, couldn't have been clearer that no matter, no matter how bad things get, whether, whether people decide to convert, which hasn't happened. But some people have. It's not everybody who hasn't. I'm one of the ones who did. I was outside the church for 14 years at one point as a young as a young fellow, uh, starting in my early teenage years. Uh, I went to mass, but that didn't mean I was inside the church. Mm. Uh, there's that's a long story. Anyway, he brought, he saved me like he saved Augustine, like he saved a number of other people. At any rate, that's why I'm so grateful. They they say she said, but in the end, after all of this crap and corruption we're dealing with. My Immaculate Heart will triumph and a certain period of peace will be granted to the world. I prayed to St. Hildegard and others who prophesied this age of peace uh, for years that I'd get, that I'd love to see it. Now I know I'm, I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> it's going to have to come pretty soon for Uncle Desi <laughs> at my age. But, uh, and if I don't do, I'm fine. And if I don't, fine. That's the will of God. But keep your eye on that age of peace she promised. Yep. But she all, what, 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 how's it, what's, what is it going to cause it to come about for a lot of people? That they will not, they will not offend her son Jesus with immoral fashions, which right. is one of the things she said was the very worst that was offensive to him. Hmm. Reread the promises of Fatima. That's what I'd say. And the messages that came in Fatima. And take your security from there. There's no, there's, yeah. there's no insurance salesman who can give you a policy promising you you're going to get out of this world alive. We're all going to croak one way or another. Okay. Yeah. We just want to be at peace when it happens. And, yeah. and if you're not at peace in what's leading up to it, what's the odds you're going to be at peace at it? Right. Mm. Or what, yeah. whether you're going to be one of the priests for the priest walks away and say, oh, so good to give the last well, sacraments to somebody. Peace, feels peace good. through strength. You know, we maintain the peace through our strength. Weakness only invites aggression is what the, uh, the quote comes from popularized by, um, Ronald Reagan, but that quote actually comes from the Roman days. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's let's get strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, so you can stand against the texts of the devil. For we're not fighting flesh and blood; we're fighting dark forces in the supernatural realm. Ephesians six ten to twelve. If but, we're doing uh, it right, the Holy Spirit will put the peace in our heart. We can't put it in our own. Exactly heart. right. But right. that's when you make that connection. When you're when you're when you're all connected to God. I always talk about. You're like your cell phone. You're plugging it in to get the power, right? You got to get close into God. You can't keep them at that arm's length, manageable distance. You got to get get close, like Mary did of Martha and Mary. But Desmond, that that's a great way for us to conclude tonight. I think we're right at the the time, yep. and I'm really so grateful. And you know what I heard from you tonight is hope. You got a lot of hope, and I think we all need to hear that. That's and I do too. Right? Right I know Doug well. does too. We got <laughs> a lot of hope. That's book on hope. That yeah. age of peace is coming, but you know what? We're going to have to stand and fight too. And that's why too, the part of what that article was today was I'm standing, I'm, I'm declaring, I'm standing with these canceled priests because I believe they're the Athanasiuses of our time. Mm. And, uh, you know, they're standing up. Well, and don't fighting forget this. For- there's a lot, there's a lot of guys who are, who are fighting hard. I mean, if Archbishop Corte Leon in San Francisco isn't an Athanasius, I'll right. eat my shirt. If, right. my, if my bishop, Aquila, Standing as he did, right. right, right with them. If he isn't, right. if he isn't one, I'll eat my shirt. And I, 
and Strickland, uh, Bird, Hying, and Flynn. And I mean, yeah, there yeah, are they're, least, they're out there. There are at least 60, 70 of them out there that yeah, I, they're, I they're out there. Yep. They may not be a majority yet, but that right. the, the numbers are growing. And they might not be in charge yet, is, is, is the hmm. tough part. Yeah. Are we still going to be on the air at this point? Yeah, yeah, we're still on. I'd like to talk to you guys for just a second after we get off. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, let's conclude with a prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank Great you, Desmond. Desmond. This was very, very nice. Awesome to have you.